interrupt our program to bring you this important message. So imagine it. You're in eighth grade. It's 1984. And you have an erection in class. (laughs) We're just going to start there. (laughs) The bell rings. You stand up. Everyone in the class sees your erection. You thought you hit it, but you didn't. The teacher laughs, laughs, points at you and laughs in front of everybody. You're just like, that's it, man. This is the last day of my life. I'm never coming back. I'm going to kill myself. We're done. So I get on the bus and I'm just like the worst day of my life. I mean, how it really doesn't get any worse than that. I get on the no. bus. And we had a, like, you know how buses work. Like, you get kids from other schools, places, and you're all on the bus going home. I get in the back of the bus, and I'm just sitting there. I'm fucking bummed, pretty much crying. And uh, this dude, I look over, and this dude has this big green mohawk. Never seen him before. Never have no clue who he is. He was man. And when I think back on it, I think, man, that guy must have had some, like, cool awareness right so he looks at me and he goes man you look like you've had a bad day bro like this is virginia beach virginia right 1984 they were the capital of skateboarding it was the place Mm -hmm. and he's like man you look like you've had a bad day and i'm just like "Uh." and he goes hey i'm gonna change your life and i'm just like what and he hands me a tape a cassette tape and he goes take this home listen to it change your life and i'm like whatever dude like i am not hearing this you know whatever mm-hmm. i get home i put the tape in the tape deck i hit play and all of a sudden this noise and screaming scares me and i stop it and i walk out of my room I'm like mm. the fuck is that go back in push play but turn the volume down it was suicidal tendencies yes side a right the self-titled <laughs> album yes. so you know it starts with that yeah ah! they might mirror yelling and i'm just like ah side b fresh fruit for rotting vegetables dead kennedy's oh so and he's right i never yeah. saw that guy again <laughs> never saw him again i have no idea he i always say he's like my punk rock guardian angel because that was going to be it bro i was like yeah. depressed yeah. i was gonna off myself like i couldn't handle it and then <laughs> i get that tape that day from that guy that i never yeah. saw on the bus again and like the music you know people are like oh the music spoke to me i was already a fucking outcast i was weird Mm -hmm. i was like seven feet tall weighed 100 pounds none of my clothes fit (laughs) you know everyone's like look at this fucking goofball dude i was picked on every day Mm. i got picked on for beating up the dude that picked on me like actually (laughs) my first fight ever Uh real fight in eighth grade this guy was kicking my feet kicking my feet kicking my feet Mm. i turned around and i knocked him out i couldn't believe it like i hit him right and then it was dead shot i was like holy shit i did Mm -hmm. that and then all these kids were like, man, what the fuck did you do that for? What'd you hit him for? Oh, I can't believe you hit him. Fucking weirdo hit him, man. The weirdo kid hit him. And I'm like, he couldn't win for to stand up for myself. And now, yeah. you know what I mean? So, dude, yeah. that guy, whoever that guy is, if you still yeah. live in Virginia Beach, green mohawk guy, hit me up. I will send you every fucking cheap sex brats every record you ever want i'll send it to you even if yeah whatever your life he probably doesn't even listen to punk anymore <laughs> he's, but he's like, probably like an accountant somewhere <laughs> dude that was it day one i heard that shit and i'm like these guys get it 
He's, that, on, he's yeah. on another podcast right now telling this story about this kid on a bus with a boner. Boner boy. Boner boy had a fucking boner and I saved his life. <laughs> so, so I'll say this. I've told almost not the body part story, but I've told the same thing. Like my first uh, exposure to punk was a cassette tape that my brother brought home. I had an older brother. We all got into skating. He came home with his buddy's older brother, gave him the tape. And it was Dead Kennedy's one side, Suicide Tennessee self-titled on the other. And it had like these um, like spirals, like the kid had uh, put a marker, like spiral. Anyway. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Same thing, man. We listened to it. And because at that time we were listening to like Iron Maiden, Black Sabbath, Dio, like a lot of heavy metal. And that was like, that was it. I was hooked and got into it. Got into like minor threat from there and stuff. So it's crazy that you had the same two bands. I think those were the, I think everybody must have just had it, dubbed it. Yeah. It well, it was, it was eight, like 84. That's about when those albums came out. Yeah. Yeah. I was going to say I, this was 86. I mean, yeah. Mm-hmm. Fresh Fruit definitely was right around there. Self titled, I think, came out a little bit earlier, but mm-hmm. you know how. It takes yeah, a while, took a while. to travel around back then. Not <laughs> yeah, now. Yeah, yeah. Back then. No, no. Took a so, <laughs> so everyone who's listening, I always introduce everybody right after it's yeah. story time. We didn't know what the story was, so that one that was good. <laughs> they got me, man. And what a, <laughs> what a way to catch or get into punk rock. The voice y'all hear is Johnny or Johnny O. He's uh played numerous punk bands. We were talking for probably about 15 minutes before we even started recording. Just realized, man, we got to hit play. We've met a guy who can tell some stories, and I love it. Uh, his background, he's played with bands like Cheap Sex, Lower Class Brats, No Revolution, The Worthless, and now he's playing with English Teeth and just just doing a lot of cool stuff, which we're, we're going to get into. Uh, but I want to ask, like, okay, so we just heard how you got into punk. What was mm. your first show? What was the first like legit show you went to? First legit show was in Roanoke, Virginia at the Iroquois, uh, 1986, 87. It was GBH and the accused. (laughs) I mean, why not just pick a really great first show, man? That was it. (laughs) Second one was the exploited. Oh yeah. 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 So you had a good, you had a good scene in Virginia. You know what I mean? Like there, I I would say anyway, there were some bands. Roanoke was an amazing scene, but people forget how wide, Virginia is that was still mm-hmm. 90 minutes or so from Marion. Okay. So we, we were well known in the Roanoke scene because there wasn't very many Marion punks. Um, mm-hmm. There's probably eight of us, but yeah. there was a history with Marion. So there was a band, actually a punk band from Marion in the early eighties called TSA, the sarcastic assholes. <laughs> okay. And they played with everybody. Mm-hmm. I mean, black flag mm-hmm. they played with all the bands they were really i wouldn't say they were p- popular worldwide but as far as that area mm-hmm. everyone knew of them and i had heard about them um so we kind of had older guys once i moved to marion from virginia beach and uh and so when we would show up to roanoke the two cars that drove every single time we had two seventy two cadillacs and they were like countrified dude <laughs> they were so country inside the fucking cadillac it had a horn button and one side <laughs> said city and one side said country so if you were driving on the dirt road you went to country <laughs> horn to scare the cows 
and the city horn was like beep beep and the country horn was like, like a train yeah. so these yeah. two green ugly ass green 72 cadillacs would pull up and the the trunks were lined in trash bags with beer and ice and so we'd pull in and they'd be like oh the marion boys are here pop open the trunks they'd be like oh man you can get into the show for free pretty much you know they loved yeah. us I mean, yeah. those cars were 22 fucking feet long. You could fit a 747 in the trunk. So there's seven miles to the gallon, of, too. Dude, oh, yeah. We probably filled up between Marion and Roanoke. You know what I mean? But, yeah. Yeah. We were, we were well known when we showed up. So mm-hmm. the few of us that were there, but the scene was amazing. And yeah, I, the Iroquois is still there. It has a different name, but I went back. Mm-hmm. This is a weird thing. So that was 80s. In 2003, Cheap Sex got in a really bad wreck on tour. And I can talk more about that in a minute. But so that was 2003. Yeah. And I was recovering at, back in Marion where my parents had lived before they moved. And uh, I went to see the Attics and the New York Relics and someone else at the Iroquois. A friend drove me there. And dude, it was Fuck, you know when you have memories from being like a kid and then mm-hmm. you go back to that you're like your childhood home and you're like damn it was only the size of a pencil box like i thought <laughs> right. it was a mansion or yeah. whatever well you know i was like between the ages of 14 and probably six, 17 when i went to the the iroquois so my last show would have been like 88 89 and all of a sudden it's 2004 or three and i'm mm-hmm. walking back in and I just walked in and I just, I just stood there for a minute. I'm like, Whoa, it's the exact fucking same. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. Oh yeah. Nothing had changed. The pillars were the same. Yeah. The graffiti was the same. The shitty bathroom was the same. It, it would be like going same. into CBGB's. It did. Like I walked mm-hmm. in, I'm like, yep, that's the Iroquois, mm-hmm. even though it's called club three, two, six or whatever now. Mm-hmm. And like just walking in there was a trip. So I was like, what yeah. is happening right now? Yeah, we we were always trying to get up to Virginia from down south to to go to like was it Mount Trashmore or whatever like the like the mm-hmm. skate pipe or the half yeah. pipe up there in the skate yep, park, yep, yep. and then catching shows. Uh, I never got to go. A couple of my buddies went to uh, DC on a regular, probably like once a month to go check bands playing in that area, <clears throat> like no, Marginal sure. Man, um, oh, yeah. Jawbox, some others like that, mm-hmm. Government Issue and stuff. So uh, some of the older guys were like really into the DC scene. We had a really good scene down here too, but it was just like bands would not always play the area we were in, which sucked. So we would have to drive sometimes. To yeah, scenes. we always drove. And we'd go to yeah. Charlotte. Like mm-hmm. uh, There was, you know, good stuff happening there. And that's where I yeah. first saw COC. I uh, was in Charlotte. Annie scene was actually Charlotte. That was, oh, yeah. that was my first show I ever went to was Annie scene. I was thir- oh, I could yeah, imagine. I could see that, dude. I was 13 years old. Uh, I always tell this story. I grew up with a, a pretty well-known tattoo artist. Now, this guy James Vaughn. He's on Ink Masters like three or four seasons. But he and my brother and a couple other guys were like really into punk. And since I was the youngest, I got to ride with them. But we went to go see Annie Sing play on like a, a Sunday type matinee, and. I'd never been to a show. I was listening to like Dead Kennedys, Minor Threat, mm-hmm. you know, Suicidal, stuff like that. These dudes get on on stage ski. And you got to imagine like grown men with beards back before like beards were cool. Like in that time, everybody was pretty much clean shaven. These dudes had big beards, long hair. 
I think they most were watching like a lot of professional wrestling. And the they lead singer, yeah, yeah, the lead singer starts singing. And now, now it's kind of become famous, but he's the first dude I ever saw. He would headbutt the microphone. Like as he's singing, he's like banging the mic into his forehead until it splits and bleeds like mm-hmm. Ric Flair. And my buddy James is wearing a like a batter's helmet from baseball that he had stolen from like the, <laughs> the high school. So he's wearing this like batter's helmet doing stage dives and flips and stuff. And I was like, man, this is the this is the greatest show on earth. I had no clue what who Annie scene was, like their music, but mm-hmm. Just that vibe, I was like, oh, I was hooked, man. And then after the show, we were talking to them. They were like really nice guys. But oh yeah, they just hang out. Yeah, man. I've <laughs> yeah, seen I've crazy. seen Phil and Selmo in an Annie scene shirt more times than I can count. And he, yeah, he's I was another one sure. that'll bust yeah. his head open on the mic. And yeah, the, yeah. the yeah, lead were, singer. Yeah, I would say the lead singer Jeff of uh, Strife would, is doing it now. Like, and I think like I've heard him in a podcast say. He's getting older, so he can't like jump around and get his energy out. So he just started headbutting the mic. But yeah. back then, that was in the uh, late eighties, yeah. mid eighties, man. When yeah, that dude yeah, did yeah. that, and I was like, "Ooh, mm-hmm. I, it blew my mind, man." So you were yeah. saying you, you ended up you travel a lot, and then you said there was a car or a car crash or a collision when you were on tour. Yeah, yeah, we were uh, we were on tour. It was actually a it was going to be one of the biggest, probably the one of the big punk tours of the summer. It was called the Sex Brats and Rock and Roll Tour, and it was Cheap Sex and Lower Class Brats doing a tour together. Mm. Um, and we had done all of the West Coast together, and then the band was driving to meet the Brats at CBGB's. But our singer had to work, so he was going to fly into New York. We were going to pick him up and do the whole East Coast leg of the tour. Um, <laughs> that was a, a wild trip in itself, like put a bunch of young people in a van and send them across the u.s and (laughs) trouble ensues but uh Mm -hmm. we were we were actually funny enough right by harrisburg virginia i mean uh sorry pennsylvania we had taken 81 through virginia we're kind of on that last bit of the drive and uh like a flatbed truck of cinder block with cinder blocks hit our van when our trailer Mm -hmm. and spun us a bunch but i was asleep in the back seat so, you know, I was asleep, but I definitely woke up in a world of fucking pain. Mm. And I was like, what happened? Like, my face was kind of numb. My chest hurt. My knee hurt. My feet hurt. Everything hurt. And, like, I come out of the van. Everyone else is fine. Not a fucking scratch. Yeah. Oh. I'm bleeding from my head, bleeding from my face, bleeding from my hands, bleeding from my feet, bleeding from my knee. But I'm just blood everywhere. I feel like there's like a 400 pound fat dude sitting on my chest when I, and I'm just like, <laughs> yeah. and I'm lo- trying to look at my buddy. I'm looking at Gabe, the drummer of cheap sex. And I'm like, why is it hard to see? And he just turns away. I'm like, mm. that's weird. And then I look mm. at my other buddy and I'm like, what's going on? He's like, Oh, your eyes kind of cut. Well, I didn't know it at the time, but I mm-hmm. had cut this eyelid. In half. So it was Ooh. drooping down in my eye. And I'm just like, oh, I can't see very good. And uh, mm. I remember even in that state, dude, like when you're one of those people that doesn't like, I don't know, I'm not a brawler, but I also have never backed down from anything. And mm-hmm. I know that I'm sure this old man meant to be helpful, but I'm sitting on the side of the van, blood's pouring from everywhere. And he either pours water or hydrogen peroxide. Something got poured on my oh, head oh. and it everywhere. And I was like, get this motherfucker away from me. I'm a fucking kill him. 
And he's like, I'm just trying to, and I'm like, fucking Gabe, Gabe, get him away. You know, like yeah. whatever he did, it just, I'm, I know he meant well, but not mm. in that moment. So then I'm laying on the side of the highway with the EMTs and they're kind of nervous, mm-hmm. <laughs> nervous to say the least. <laughs> and I hear a helicopter and I'm oh. like, Oh, Whoa, why is a helicopter here? That's great. Like, I was aware enough. I was talking the whole time. I'm like, so we're not going to make it to CBGs, CBGBs. Mm-hmm. And the lady just laughs. She goes, you're not going anywhere. Wow. And I'm like, let me see the van. And they're trying to not let me move. And yeah. I look and I see the vans like folded in half. And I'm like, oh man, they're not going to make it to CBGBs. And she's like, <laughs> oh. no. And so then I'm on the helicopter and I'm like, oh, this is for me. Mm-hmm. And they don't say nothing. They're just like, yeah. And and we were going so fast in that helicopter. And I remember looking out the window at the trees, like whipping by when we're first doing the thing. And I look at the guy and I'm like, man, we're going pretty fast, huh? And he just laughs. He's just like, yes, we're going really fast. <laughs> so then we land on the roof of the hospital. I still don't know what the fuck's going on. I'm just mm-hmm. like, I mean, I know I'm torn up, but damn helicopter and stuff. And then finally I wake up a couple of days later or whatever, a day later. And I'm like, man i am sore i'm fucked up and i've got Mm -hmm. painkillers and i look at the doctor i'm like what's going on he goes i can't believe you're alive and i'm all like what he goes i'm the head of aortic repair of this hospital and i'm like this hospital yeah where am i he goes you're in hershey pennsylvania at hershey medical center like i guess that's good i don't know (laughs) and he goes i've had he's like we have to give you like a percent chance to live. Like we just kind of have to, right. Unless you Mm -hmm. die, then it's zero. And he goes, you know, usually 50% of people would die in that wreck. And he goes, so you're, that's 50%. He goes 50, the other 50% would die on the way to the hospital. So now you're at 25%. And he goes of that, all of you should die on the table. Mm. And I'm like, Whoa. And he goes, so I don't know. I gave you a 4% chance to live. And he's like, I just want you to know, I've never seen an aorta that torn apart that lived. And he goes, don't ask me why you just, you fucking lived. And I'm like, well, why is my head hurt? And he goes, oh, well, we weren't really worried about all that. We were just worried about the heart thing that should have killed you. But he's like, yeah, you blew out your eye socket and you broke your patella in half, your kneecap in half. And well, you kind of got glass from head to toe. So we picked most of it out. He goes, you got some staples in the back of your head. Like he just goes, yeah. through the he goes, just worry about the heart. Don't worry about the rest <laughs> of it. I'm just like, cool. All right. We got this. Oh, and you know, shit. so yeah, I tore my aorta off my heart in that wreck. And then like oh. all the other stuff with it. And so, so, and so well, what do you think? Uh, can you explain why you think that you would have survived like that? He, he thinks it was because of fitness. Just okay. being a fit, yeah. a fit guy, even punk, whatever. I was always kind of working out, but not like, you know, not like a football player. I was too skinny, but mm-hmm. I think that's why I started working out because I was so skinny. I'm like, I got to get stronger. I got to punch mm-hmm. dudes harder. Like the guy's <laughs> picking on me. Right. I mean, really, right? I'm sure yeah. that's, and who didn't yeah. want to look like Arnold Schwarzenegger. Right. Right. Yeah. I mean, all yeah, the yeah. books said lift like Arnold, be like Arnold. And I'm like doing everything. And I'm like, I'm not looking like Arnold. I'm not looking- <laughs> like, it's not happening. <laughs> right. Right. Um, right. So he, he thought just that I was fit, had some mm-hmm. fitness, had some strength, kind of held me together. But yeah. really, at the end of the day, it's just lucky. I mean, lucky. <clears throat> yeah, I, I wonder, and the reason I ask that is I think the fitness always plays a role. I mean, that's... In, yeah, 
we kind of know that I think just it, in general, but it, I think that a lot of people don't put uh, a lot of um, emphasis, not emphasis, but you know, like, like a lot of importance into it and just go, okay, no, yeah. I need to work out at some point today. I need to get some kind of exercise, get my heart going. You know what I mean? Right. But, but I also wonder like you didn't know how bad it was. Like, so no. I mean, meaning like as you're going into this state of, you know, them putting you out, it's like, eh, we got in a car crash, you know, we, may not make the show but not like someone said oh gosh you're probably going like if you tell someone that going into surgery or going into being airlifted i don't yeah. know man I, I wonder if that me- if the brain sort of starts to shut things down or, or gets yeah uh, yeah yeah i don't negative. know i know that it was really really hard to breathe because i was filling up with so much blood mm-hmm. in my you know cavity chest and you know, the, they laughed again. Everyone was laughing at me because I was making jokes and stuff. But like I was, I told when they were putting me in either the CAT scan or the MRI before the surgery, I was just saying like, yeah, I think I'm going to pass out because this breathing is getting ridiculous. You guys knock this off. Like it seemed like they kept scanning me again. I'm just like, they're like, hold still. I'm like, I'm really fucking uncomfortable. Like mm-hmm. holding still is not what I want to do. Like I'm in a lot right. of pain. I bet. Yeah. And then I told him finally, I'm like, yo, I'm no junkie. But mm-hmm. I bet if you gave me a fucking painkiller, I would sit real still. Like, <laughs> right. you know, everything from head to toe is bleeding. And you want me to stand still in this stupid donut. It's mm-hmm. just not working out. Mm-hmm. So they finally, they're giving me the shit to put me out. Mm-hmm. And, it, dude, you know, it burns like wildfire when it goes to your body. But it hits me. But everything turned to jelly. And I took the deepest breath I had that in, like, well, however long that was, hour or so. Mm-hmm. I finally, I just took a deep breath. The last thing I said, I was like finally gone like <laughs> woke up the next day you know but like i was just so happy to get that breath and they were like yeah, yeah man like you, you just went out yeah so you've always so you've always like exercised which was actually not mm. like the punk rock thing to do like you know what i mean no. like lifting yeah like, no like like henry rollins was the punk against punk by yeah. working out and telling people yep. it's okay to, to exercise um yeah. but but like other than that like i know you've, you've been in these bands and stuff but you've gotten into some other stuff, right? Other than just kind of oh. doing a little bit of workout, you're into some other stuff, right? Yeah. So, I mean, I, so I went to college and I really, uh-oh, man, man down, man down. <laughs> oh my gosh. Muted All right. Ski, ski stuff just flew off the table. But... Uh, oh, <laughs> intro. Let's start over. Here we go. Okay. Starting over. Oh my God. <laughs> That just isn't like YouTube. Hey, Steve, you got the intro music playing, dude. <laughs> we interrupt our program to bring you this important message. Uh, oh, man. All right. So, okay. <laughs> so, you were saying. So, um, so, yeah, I went to college. Yeah. I got my original plan going to college was to get a degree like in uh athletic training oh okay and then after like three years of taping ankles and luckily my like mentor or whatever in it was like you know this is like this is a gig bro like even if you go to the nfl you're gonna be fucking taping ankles and i'm like yeah this sucks like this Mm -hmm. is dumb uh i went into the college weight room and uh started talking to the like strength and conditioning coach and I was like, tell me about what you do. He goes, man, no one's ever asked me that before. And I'm like, well, yeah. athletic training's lame. Like, I don't want to tape right. ankles, but you, know, you get to yeah. work out. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know. That seems kind of cool. And he he kind of gave me the rundown on 
like strength coach and all that. So in the last year, I kind of changed my major and, and became like, uh, I mean, basically sports medicine, but with a focus on strength and conditioning. So then, you know, I was doing the personal trainer thing, uh, just whatever, all that stuff. And then, I mean, it was a good gig when you think about being in a band because I could train people, leave, mm-hmm. come back, train people, leave. You know, there was no, yeah. it's not like a normal yeah. job. Mm-hmm. Um, but then in two, mm-hmm. like 2009 or 10, I found CrossFit mm. and that was the thing that like I had been, you know, doing stuff like it, but not, mm-hmm. I wasn't smart enough to create CrossFit. So when I found <laughs> it, I'm like, Hey, this is like, yeah, this is what I've been trying to do, but these people mm-hmm. do it way better. And, uh, so then I got certified, well, actually I got my certificate, um, CrossFit level one certificate became a full-time coach. And from 2010 or 11, was like a full-time CrossFit coach. And then, um, I don't know, I guess I'm pretty good at it. It took me a while <laughs> to recognize that, but then mm-hmm. got on what's called level one seminar staff. Mm. So like I now travel and teach, you know, if you want to get your level one certificate, I'm the dude that shows up and explains the methodology coaches, the coach basically, uh-huh. um, which actually, it's really crazy to think about like when I actually put it into perspective, like only there's only 175 of us in the world. We're called the mm-hmm. red shirts because we get red shirts, but uh, okay. Okay. But uh, we're called the red shirts. There's only like 175 of us in the world. And when you think about how big CrossFit is or how many people do CrossFit, that there's only that many. And like out of a thousand people that apply, maybe one gets it. So like when you, I don't know, just thinking about it, sometimes I'll look at my red shirt or I'll show up to a gig and just be like, Fuck, I can't believe I do this. Like mm-hmm. I'm one of the very few people that get to do this. And, you know, it doesn't, it's not like lost on me, what we do and the transmission of culture and the methodology and all that, um, you know, that like, dude, you, we had an article written about us that was hilarious. Cause how do you explain to something like, Okay, at its most basic level, you coach coaches. Mm-hmm. Cool. Right. Awesome. <laughs> yeah. That makes it sound so lame yeah. in a way, right? Mm-hmm. It's cool, but it's not. And then you try, and like there's this really funny line in it about like it's actually harder to get onto level one seminar staff than it is to become like a Navy SEAL, but that <laughs> makes us sound like a bunch of douchebags. Right. And they're like, and it's harder to, it's easier to go to the CrossFit games than it is to become level one seminar staff. But that makes us sound like douchebag. Like it was trying to compare, like how do you explain this yeah. to people that just don't get it? And this whole article was written. I'm like, God, that's so fucking funny. Like, it's true. Like, oh, yeah. so you you fly around the country and you, you, you teach CrossFit. Yeah, but, you know, I, I'm like, you know, when I give a lecture, like this weekend, I'm, I'm actually flying to Charlotte to mm. lecture this or to work this weekend no actually i'm in maryland sorry charlotte's next month but anyway uh you know i'll give like a 50 minute nutrition lecture unlike other presentations or whatever when the seminar staff show up i get a whiteboard marker and a blank whiteboard Mm. and for the next 50 minutes i'm going to give you a lecture and even people that i mean you know i'm not trying to toot my own horn but people come up to us all the time and they're like i do this for a living and I don't know how you guys do what you do. Like present, not not that they do CrossFit. Like I yeah. am an accountant 
and I give accounting that without PowerPoint, without, like they said, I don't know how you can do what you do and mm-hmm. deliver the material the way you deliver it. You have no PowerPoint, no backup. I get a whiteboard marker and my voice and it's off to the races for 50 minutes. Or if it's the programming lecture, 50 mm-hmm. minutes going to, and we just hit the points and, you know, so it is kind of crazy how, what we do and how we do it and what's expected of us. I mean, I think a lot of it comes from many of my bosses are Navy SEALs, ex-Navy SEALs, and okay. or usually high speed military mm-hmm. of some sort, whatever they were, PJs, fucking Rangers, mm-hmm. you know, deadly yeah. people. But uh, they expect a certain level of excellence. Mm-hmm. And, you know, not everybody's cut out to do what we do. Like a lot of people realize that after like one internship, they're like, no, nah, this isn't for me. Whether yeah. they can't handle feedback. So I've been on seminar staff and every single seminar I get feedback, good, bad, indifferent, subjective, objective. Like, it's just like, don't ever fucking do that again. Or that was a great, (laughs) you delivered this so good. I'm going to steal it. But this over here, or your Mm -hmm. handwriting is fucking horrible. You look like a serial, (laughs) you write like a serial killer. (laughs) Go work on your handwriting. It's just like, you know what? I'm not, you're right. And Mm -hmm. when people can't take feedback, it's like, yeah, you're, then you're not certainly not cut out for this, but also you don't want to improve. Like if you don't have people yeah. better than you telling you, like, mm-hmm. you know, with your job, I'm mm-hmm. sure if there was a mentor, at least someone, and even if it doesn't always sound nice, mm-hmm. they might not know how to, do, there's also people don't know how to deliver <laughs> feedback. Deliver. They're just like, you're fucking up. Yeah. Stop yeah. yeah. Up. Okay. What right. do I do? Oh, well, mm-hmm. or they just give you their experience, which really helps. Like, you know, I did what you did and mm-hmm. now here's what I do. So, mm-hmm. You know, it's like it is a, it is a fantastic job with a lot of uh, reward, but it ain't fucking easy and it's not for everybody. But the professionals yeah. like you make it look easy. So when someone sits there for 50 minutes and they're like and they get motivated, they're blown away by mm-hmm. it and they're like, I want to do that. But they have no clue, like you said, to sit up there and work a marker. Mm-hmm. A lot of people are, are dependent upon PowerPoint. And a lot of times, like, and, and Ski and I both are instructors. We, we teach our, our stuff, and mm-hmm. we'll critique one another. We've done it before. You have to do it for yourself. You know, you watch yourself mm-hmm. teach, and then you say, oh, man, I, I, I do this a lot, or, you know, I'm doing certain things, or, like, we always empty our pockets so we're not touching yep. our keys. Yeah, you know, yeah, just yeah, small yeah. things yeah. that a lot of people don't do, and then when they go in there and teach, it becomes a distraction. But, yeah, yeah I'm, I'm always listening to people say, hey, change this in your course, change that. Like I've had people say, Hey, it would be really cool in your gang classes. If these informants and, and gang people you talk about, bring them in and let them, let us talk to them. And at first I laughed and then I was like, why not? And so I started bringing yeah. gang members yeah. right into the class, you know, covering their faces up. But yeah, it's, yeah, that, yeah. it's that idea of always fine tuning something. So mm-hmm. you said was 175 of y'all that yep. yeah. in the world worldwide. Yeah. So, so then, so when you're talking about that too, and staying physically fit and still being able to play shows and still having the energy, that's like one of the things that I would say in like the hardcore and the punk scene, like bands are still playing like sick of it all. They're still playing, still touring, but also yeah. they're, they're into like just exercise and self-help and you know, living. A, you can tell a, the ones that are not. Yeah. Yeah. I won't say like, one of the, yeah. One of the bands that, um, I was really excited about because they, they reunited. They started to, to play a show. I'm not going to say their name, but the lead singer was so out of shape and not like heavy, but just the lung capacity. Like, yeah, I guess no it practice. Not, yeah. Yeah. Up. 
and it, it sounded so terrible. Uh, BC, I think we talked about it on another episode, but I think he'd appreciate the time that you almost put stigma out of his misery. Man, look, I'm not, okay. So I think I told it before, but Ski and I and my brother and a couple of other dudes, like we, we call them punk rock cops. You know, there's a lot of guys that are cops that grew up in the scene. You know what I mean? Like they mm-hmm. they believe in what we're doing. So we we all went to see Agnostic Front and Slapshot. I, I, I joked and been like, this is the Barry the Beef tour. You know, it's like these guys used to kind of beef, but they went on tour. This was right before the lockdown. So maybe like 2019 oh, okay. around there. Yeah. So we go to the show. It's it's a great show. Slapshot plays a great set. Uh, a Nazi skinhead is there, gets outed, and a dude choke slams him through the merchandise table of the Slapshot. And when he hits the when he hits the or the ground, the merch guy's like, Slapshot, get your Slapshot shirt. Yeah. Like nobody stops. They're just like keep yeah. on. So they haul him out. AF gets on. They they blow the roof off the place. And afterwards, Stigma's talking to us. He's, you know, spending time like the old days. So he's, we're just talking, mm-hmm. cutting up. And uh, it was his 64th birthday. So so I'm like blown away. Like this dude just killed it on stage. He's still in great shape. You know, everybody yep. had all this energy. And he's telling us how he's going to go to play another show and celebrate his 64th birthday. I can't help it. I'm heavy handed and I get excited. And so I grab him and like slap him on his back as hard as I can as he's walking away. <laughs> tell him like, thank you for playing the show down in the South. Let me tell you something, man. I guess when you grow up in Lower East Side and a, and a man slaps what you on the, the back, fuck? dude, he spun that head around. And I was like, I, I was like, I'm so sorry, man. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I thought I broke like a rib or something. I was, I was, mm. this he thought it was so man. funny. I was embarrassed. I'm like, man. he's like 119 pounds soaking wit. And yeah, he took I mean, a full swing at he got his eyes at BC. Oh, it was so funny. I, I think <laughs> yeah. that I think that had we not talked like that, like and and he understood yeah, yeah, that yeah. we've been oh, lifelong yeah. fans, we would have been brawling and he would have been wearing me out, man. It'd been oh, yeah. in my head. No, but um oh, no, but just to watch bands like that still play and and have that energy, man. It's a 64-year-old man now is not what when I was a kid 64 was. Yeah, yeah. And- you know what I mean? Yeah, and it's a bummer when they don't show up, meaning yeah. Yeah. they fucking mail it in on stage. So I just went to mm-hmm. a show, and it was, uh, man, I can't remember the opener, but it was the Pagan Babies who were from Philly mm-hmm. and Gorilla Biscuits. Oh. And the Pagan Babies, mm. I love me some Pagan Babies, mm-hmm. but it's exactly what I was just talking about. I was like, this ain't the fucking pagan babies, man. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. Sorry, pagan yeah. babies, but you did not. But maybe other nights you're good, but that night was lame. Yeah, you were yeah. old men on the stage. Gorilla yeah. biscuits take the stage, and it wasn't because they were the gorilla biscuits. Mm-hmm. It's because they fucking went bonkers. Siv never oh. stopped moving. He was jumping, yeah. diving, stage mm-hmm. divers. Like he had the vision. He knew where things were. The band mm-hmm. was jumping, kicking. It was just like if you watch an old Gorilla Biscuits video, it was the same thing. And I'm just like, yes, like, <laughs> yeah. I mean, they like, they love it. Like, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? They love what they're doing. So seeing it, or like, dude, go to a suicidal show. Mike's, he might not sing all the words anymore, but he goes nuts. And you, mm-hmm. you, what you pay for, 
he gives you your money's worth. Like he is running, he is doing his little Mike Muir dance thing. Yes. You know, the band's always going nuts. Mm -hmm. Like I said, he doesn't sing all the words because he gets out of breath, but he's also never not moving. Yeah. And that's, there's certain bands that get a lot of respect for me because I've been up there. I know what Mm -hmm. it's like. I've been on tour. You know, there's certain bands I will never uh, speak bad about and others that Mm -hmm. I don't really care. Like you'll never hear me say a bad word about Green Day. I don't give a mm-hmm. fuck what anyone says. Right. They're the yeah. nicest, most humble took me mm-hmm. in. Like I was part of the family for no reason. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? Like they had no reason to do it. I scared the shit out of Mike in, in Las Vegas one day. Uh-huh. Like, I don't know if he had a bodyguard with him. Like I was walking through the lobby of the MGM arena mm-hmm. or the MGM casino walking through the lobby. And Mike Dirt is he's there in the middle of the lobby. And I just stopped. Like, I know why it scared him. I'm six, seven. <laughs> You know what I mean? But I just stop, like mm-hmm. dead stop. And I turn, I'm like, you're Mike Dern. Mm-hmm. And he kind of looks at me and like, I'm like, dude, what are you doing here? And he's mm-hmm. like, kind of a little standoffish. Mm-hmm. He's like, well, I'm, I'm playing a show. And he looks over my shoulder and kind of says no. So I think there might've been a bodyguard mm-hmm. behind me. Mm-hmm. So I yeah. was ready for the choke, but also I was like, <laughs> ready for the show well, yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah, but yeah i was yeah. like i love your sideband when are the frustrators coming out with a new album mm, and all mm. of a sudden the whole guard went down he goes oh this mm-hmm. guy must actually know something right i've not yeah. just i was like he goes, oh you like the frustrators i'm like oh man love the frustrators like yeah mm-hmm. that was great i love it what's and he goes hold on a second he puts his backpack down he starts digging in there and he goes you know what i thought i had our new album burnt on the cd mm. i would have given it to you i don't have it Damn. and i'm yeah. like oh man that's too bad well hey enjoy your show i'm sorry like i don't want to bother you he goes no come with me oh okay why wouldn't i <laughs> so i start <laughs> yeah. walking through the casino and like the funniest part we come around the corner of the casino and i i literally run into billy joe now that you know how big the mgm casino in las vegas mm-hmm. and if you don't yeah. it's uh, no, very yeah. big like yeah, the, yeah. the the idea that two people could run into each other there that no or you know what I mean like right yeah I'm with the bass player of Green Day and I knock the singer of Green Day on the ground because <laughs> he's very small yeah and we yeah. come around a turn and he runs into Trey Cool I run into Billy and I'm like oh shit I grab him I'm like yeah. I'm so sorry and he goes what are you guys doing like just mm-hmm. cool and and Mike's like hey this is Johnny he plays in the Worthless and. like to backtrack for a second he's like do you play in a band i'm like oh i play in the worst this and and mike was like oh it's hang records oh yeah how do you how do you know that we are nobody but they Uh keep their ear to the ground and i also respect that about a lot of musicians Mm -hmm. who still listen to what's new Mm -hmm. and then he goes oh this is johnny he's in the worthless in san diego and they might have known us because of Dwayne peters or tang i don't know it doesn't matter and billy Mm -hmm. joe same thing oh tang records and I'm like, you got to be kidding me. Like, there's no way this is it. Like, this is not happening. Like, these guys yeah. are the biggest band in the world. Mm-hmm. And then they're like, what are you doing? And I'm like, oh, I'm just hanging out. They're like, you want to go to the show? I'm like, mm. well, I, you know, it's it's cool, man. Like, what? And they're like, do you want a party? And I'm kind of like, well, you know, I'm sure yeah. they get treated well. They're fucking Green Day. It's not like <laughs> right. a case of Paps Blue Ribbon. <laughs> Like, hey, we'll get you, you know, we'll, we'll get you backstage passes and come hang out with us, come party. And I'm like, really, mm-hmm. guys, this, I don't, like, I'm in a band. I get it. I get it. They're mm-hmm. like, ah, man, we love it. 
like this we love you know what i mean and so yeah yeah you know when people are like oh green day i'm like shut the fuck up don't talk about yeah because you don't know mm-hmm. and and you know it's my personal belief as a i could be wrong but selling out is not signing to a major label exactly yeah selling out similar. yeah is when you change what you do to mm-hmm. make money or please the label mm-hmm. you're telling me when green day wrote dookie they mm. were pleasing the label no listen to that <laughs> right. fucking album it sounds just a little bit better produced than kerplunk it's right. the same band yeah, yeah it's when and i know bands that have done this when they change their whole image they mm-hmm. go in looking like a street punk band with spiky hair and jackets mm-hmm. and all of a sudden they look like an emo like like makeup tattoos head to toe and black hair to the side and they no longer dress it's like their whole sounds different it's like mm-hmm. that's selling out yeah you can sell out on an indie label you can sell mm-hmm. out anywhere if you change your sound to be like i want to sound like that you just yeah. sold out if you yeah. think if you do it for popularity if you like a, a good story is uh uniform choice which was a hardcore band Ooh. i think from san diego or california right mm-hmm. they were a punk band they saw minor threat mm-hmm. in 80 god knows one two mm-hmm. whatever that was it they shaved their heads and they went straight edge mm-hmm. and now they play that style music but it's like that was a life-changing thing for them they still talk about it mm-hmm. you know, they told me about it so that's like i don't know if that was quite selling out or just having your whole world rocked you know what i mean but at the same time it's like they did change their sound because of this thing but it certainly yeah. didn't make them any more popular like right yeah <laughs> yeah they, no. you know they I was telling Nancy, do you guys know who Nancy Burrill uh, yeah. out? So I, I don't, I don't know her, but yeah, yeah she's but got a book out. She did the yeah. I'm not holding your coat. And yes. Yeah. I was telling her there's life before the bad brains mm. and there's life after the bad brains. Mm-hmm. And if you were lucky enough to see the bad brains from 77 to basically 90, I don't know, after quickness. Yeah. When HR was still doing backflip, like if you saw mm-hmm. that, you were different. Mm-hmm. Like I saw him at yeah. the Iroquois in Roanoke in mm-hmm. 88, somewhere right in there. And I was different. And we beat up some Nazis in the parking lot with HR. So that was kind of fun. But <laughs> yes. like, hold on, you're going to tell you that hear... story in just a second <laughs> if you can, but go but, ahead. Yeah. Yeah. You, you mm-hmm. hear about the bad brains and you listen to the bad brains and they're your favorite band. And then mm-hmm. you see them and you're like, it's all legit. Like yeah. this isn't overdubbed. Not that I knew about all that, but that none of this right. is fake. They got on stage and that was the bad, I saw the bad brains. I was like, mm-hmm. oh, you know, I get it. Yeah. yeah. I, it, it was the most weed I'd ever seen at a show at that time. You got to think 80s. Yeah. People yeah. were smoking weed, but not like, not like that. blunts and shit. They brought it <laughs> yeah. from New York, right? Came yeah. In, yeah. And they're everybody just weed everywhere. And I'm like, holy shit. And yeah. the whole show, the whole show these two boneheads were there, but no one, they weren't wearing anything to give them away except they had shaved heads, but they were there the whole show. Never said a word. I think they might've even danced. I don't know. Afterward I'm outside and I'm just hanging out on the sidewalk. The roadie comes out and someone else comes out for the bad brains. And those two dudes Mm. yell some N bombs. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, I didn't know what was, I just turn and start running toward them. Right. Yeah, yeah, I thought I was pretty fast. The roadie mm. and HR, who wasn't outside, he must have had <laughs> hearing, like, like X-ray vision of hearing. Yeah. Yeah. He's flies by me. Wait, mm. 
and kicks the foot of the guy, you know, full sprint. Mm-hmm. That guy tumbles the that like the roadie jumps on the other guy and they just start lumping him up. So I start kicking him. And like, <laughs> yeah. like, dude, it was just like, oh man, yeah. you know, the band's out here and we're just beating up some Nazis, I guess, <laughs> tonight, you know. But <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Is it you know, there, like there's huge. a there's just, a yeah, I'll just say there there's a story that John Joseph uh, wrote about in his book, uh, Evolution of a Crow Magnon or whatever. But he's a roadie for Bad Brains in like 80, maybe. And they yeah. come down to the South and they're playing a show in North Carolina, I think. I don't think it's Virginia. I think it's North Carolina because they played shows in Virginia all the time back then. But it was like their like first show down in the South. They play the show or they're getting ready to set up. And John Joseph hears a, a bouncer at this little bar drop an N-bomb about bad brains when they're walking in. And so he takes the mic stand and just starts wailing on the guy's face. Local police respond and apparently take John's side and the band's side and are like, all right, and deal with the bouncer dude or whatever. So it's almost like a turn of events. That's rare. Where, exactly. Where you would think like, ah, oh, they would come good in. Good old and, boy. Yeah. Yeah. The good old boy. So yeah. So he, he wrote about that story. I was like, ah, oh, that's, that's pretty cool, man. But um, when you were talking about them playing, uh, at that time, I think you and I've messaged about it, but uh, this is the power of Instagram. So somebody <laughs> post uh, a, a, a segment about um, the quickness tour in 89 bad mm-hmm. brains. So all I did was just post a comment on some, I don't know what it, what it was like, a, like a, a um, popular punk uh, Instagram account, but I put something up there about seeing them play and leeway was the opening band but yep. that their van had broken down. So they didn't even go live and play their show until like two in the morning. Uh, and Eddie Sutton, the lead singer of leeway post a comment on Instagram. is like, I know exactly what show you're talking about. So I said, take it to the DMS. Cause I didn't want to start talking about a lot of details. So we start direct messaging each other about that show. And I told him, I was like, man, I had never heard your band, but y'all blew me away that night. I was uh, 13 or 14. Maybe. Yeah. Yeah. And then when, when, you know, we hang out for like two or three hours before bad brains gets into town because the owner's like, look, stick around. They're going to be here. They just got to get their van fixed. And then they're going to play. And of course we're kids who, we were, you know, listening to band in DC and I against mm-hmm. I and just like, man, we've got it. And, and quickness had come out that summer. I thought like, we got to hear this. And they take the stage. And like you said, it was, it was a, it was absolutely amazing. Still one of the best shows I've ever seen. Uh, I want to say it was Toby Morris from H2O talked about HR being being like almost like floats sometimes, which is kind of a good way to explain it, but also just the raw energy of all four of those guys. It's like a mm-hmm. like a superhero team, man. Like when they just yeah. play, man, it is. Or even like I've heard people say it's spiritual. Like it's just. It is, yeah. It, it, it was absolutely incredible. Um, yeah. And so the you guys, they you don't got get the, love yeah. is Austin, Texas. That's it. Other yes. than that, they get love everywhere. Yeah, because there was a story. Uh, where did I read it in a book or something? Right? Was it? Um, yeah. They they look. Was it the Dickies? Young, or no? Yeah. No, nah, it was big it boys. Was big boys. Yeah. Um, look, when you're young, you. <laughs> Thank God there wasn't social media and phones around when I was young. Yeah. Yeah. I have said and done things that mm-hmm. I would have been cancel cultured in a heartbeat. <laughs> yeah. And if you don't get a chance to grow and learn, mm-hmm. like I've learned, I'm a much mm-hmm. better human for the dumb shit I did and said and got put yeah. in my place. I learned mm-hmm. more from a person putting me in my place 
then yeah. if someone on the internet had said you shouldn't say that you didn't right. teach me yeah. anything but when you mm-hmm. offend like uh you know offend someone or someone finds something offensive and they have the balls to call you out on it mm-hmm. and it's the person that you have like yeah it's right I, I, yeah. I don't have specifics but let's just say i said a gay slur and a gay person was like i don't really like that i'm gay oh right. shit yeah you're mm-hmm. right in front like you called me out or mm-hmm. whatever and that's mm-hmm. what happened to the bad brains like they're young they're yeah. into rastafarianism there's a small sect of rastafarianism that like super homophobic i mean there's a lot of homophobia in rasta but like you know they're young they're still in their 20s we forget they're still yeah. in their 20s they they might have read some shit and i mean the the ironic thing about texas punk is like every singer's gay in texas mm-hmm. in the 80s it feels yeah. like like yeah. the dicks the fucking big boys like mdc the, you mdc name them, yeah all, yeah they're all gay mm-hmm. yeah so the bad brains were spending the night at uh the big boys house and and they said some things well the only difference is the big boys are big boys and they <laughs> fucking lumped up the bad brains mm-hmm. and sent them packing. But yeah, yeah I mean, yeah. Still, I, but you know, that was, and that was the eighties the too. I always uh, tell people, like you just said, until you've either met somebody that breaks a stereotype or mm-hmm. something like that, you don't, you don't really know any better. And I don't know how it is now growing up with like cancel culture and social media, but I know for me growing up, anything I had like that, when I met people, it kind of dispelled those myths. And then, like you said, it puts a, a human being to whatever is being said or offensive. And then you're kind of like, ah, that's stupid, awesome. man. I, I shouldn't say that because it hurts this person's feelings. The same way, I, I don't like when people make fun of the South. You know, they hear me talk and they're like, immediately, like when I went to basic training, they, they all thought I was like an idiot. They thought I was like some yeah. hillbilly. And I'm like, man, I'm from a, like a big city. Like I grew up listening to punk rock, skateboarding. Like yeah. I'm not the hillbilly. I know some hillbillies, and they're like, yeah. "You're the hillbilly, hillbilly." Now shut yeah. up. Yeah. You know, like, can you read this? <laughs> yeah, this is a manual. It's AR 670-1. Can you read? I'm like, of course I can read. You know, so no, I don't, no, I don't I dig that either. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But it's interesting when you when you bring up MDC, and I've said this before, and I have to be careful because people get really, really upset if they do their research. I, when I was a kid listening to MDC. And hearing what was being said. And my buddy, my brother was a really good artist. And he stenciled uh, Blue by Day, White by Night. Uh, so, so everyone listens. And don't when you're listening to this, hear me out. Back then, there was a band called MDC. And every album would be like Multi-Death Corporation, Millions of Dead Cops. I'm not saying cops need to die. I'm not saying violence against cops. Please understand that. But when I was a kid, when I heard that, I, I could could not understand one why somebody would want cops dead, but also the whole idea of can cops be abusive to someone to the point where they think that way. Right. So when my, my brother did this stencil on my buddy's jacket, my buddy went home and his dad was a lawyer. And, and that was, I think the same day my brother shaved my buddy's hair into a mohawk. So when we showed back up there to find our buddy, cause he had been missing for like three days. He, he wouldn't call us. He wouldn't come around. We go knock on the, the apartment door and his dad answers door. And, and as he said, he asked which one was my brother, like called him by name. Mm-hmm. And my brother said, I am. And he's like, I'm about to take 10 pounds out of your ass. And we see <laughs> my buddy, like through the crack of the door, like giving us the wave off, like go, 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 you know? Mm-hmm. So, but when I say MDC, that whole idea that, when I became a cop, it was like, I don't ever want anyone to view me the way maybe 
some of the guys in MDC did and, and mm. a few cops because I'm quite sure in the 80s and late 70s, if you were gay or openly gay, I'm sure some mustache cops probably said some stuff that was like hateful. And then the idea is here are these cops that are that are racist or homophobic or whatever. Um, I'm, I know I'm going well, off on tangent. Mad, but... there, was a cap, there was a cop in the jungle, people, so they were mad. <laughs> right. Now right. all cops are gay. <laughs> right, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So now they have to deal with their yeah. own ego. And you know, yeah, yeah. You know what? What is cool is, and I tell people this all the time, man. I've I've been a cop for a long time, right? Uh, we'll just we'll keep it generic and say twenty years. And I have worked with people who were openly gay since the first day I was a rookie. And it was, and and you got people from all different religions, all different backgrounds, from other countries. And then it's absolutely cool whenever you go out there and you're getting in foot pursuits and car chases, and you're catching people who are really, really bad. And the officer who catches them is gay, yeah, and nobody cares. <laughs> Nobody's like, yeah, right. you know what I mean? No it's criminal like, cares either. Nobody so. cares. Like, yeah. meaning that you know, yeah, that this person's a cop. They're good at what they do. Who yeah. they date? No, nobody sweats it. That was over, t- you know, twenty years, twenty years worth of that. And I hate now yeah. that those stereotypes continue, where people think these police departments are like oppressive and homophobic and stuff. I'm like, man, you got like police captains and majors who are running the show and they're, and they're openly gay. They're married that no one's sweating that stuff, but anyway. Yeah. Well, it's, <laughs> it's easier to lump a group of people mm-hmm. than it is that everybody. So like, and this goes for anything. All punk rockers are drug addicts. Right. All yeah. Rockers right. are dumb mm-hmm. or, or uh, all Republicans are racist. Yeah. All yeah. liberals are fucking hippies. Like it's just, yes. A, right yeah i'm like all all we're going all now yeah anytime someone says all or every we got a problem ski and i just talked to uh a former nazi skinhead dude's out of philadelphia uh and and we were talking about that and i can't remember if we were talking about on the show or offline but that idea of trying to bridge the gap and get away from this idea that us versus them um Mm -hmm. same thing like you said like when when i used to tell people i was you know growing up in punk and listening to punk the first thing they think if they're old enough, they kind of remember sex pistols. If they're a little younger, they think green day, but, yeah. but with sex pistols, it was like, Oh, you're going to smash bottles. You're going to get strung out on heroin or whatever. And it was like, no, nah, like, like you mentioned gorilla biscuits and like, that's who I've been pushing lately to a lot of people. <laughs> and yeah. I, I almost took a trip up to Virginia. I think they were playing in Virginia mm-hmm. recently with a couple of yep. bands and uh, couldn't get tickets. But a friend of mine, we were going to take uh, her son. And it was like, I was starting to get excited. Like, hey, we might be able to go take this trip. And for him to see his first show would be Gorilla Biscuits. And we, and we, yeah, yeah. and we did, we didn't get to do it. And, and, yeah. um, and Turnstile, that's the other one. Like, he's really into Turnstile, oh, which cool. I love, but yeah. they're playing with Blink 182. And I, I don't have like $5,000, man, to buy these right. tickets. But, uh, Pricey. You know, it's, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so now you, you, you went on, you've been on tour throughout the world, mm-hmm. correct? Not just the U S yeah. Done some South America gigs, done, uh, Japan, you know, here, there, up and down, going back to England to do uh rebellion this year. I mean, mm. not, it's cool, right? It's cool. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to nothing against rebellion, but I, man, you can just fucking show up and play rebellion. There's like 400 bands on the bill, <laughs> yeah. nothing special. Who are, like, now, who are you going with? Which which band would you be going with? On that one. That Cheap one, Sex. 
Okay. Yeah. But you know, it's like, dude, the lineup just our day alone. I'm like, that's a lot of fucking bands. Like, mm-hmm. you don't, you don't go. I'm using it as an excuse to go to Rebellion. I wouldn't just right. fly over there to go to Rebellion, even though I always want to. I'm like, mm-hmm. oh, I want to go to that. But now, because we're playing, I have to go. Mm-hmm. And it's not like you're getting paid. And it's not like it's going to cost me more to do this than it would. But I guess the saving great, I get a free pass for the, I better get a pass for the whole weekend. Someone better give me a four day pass. Like I'll be pissed, (laughs) but yeah. And there's so many bands. I don't even know. Like, I mean, I think that's kind of cool, but at the same time, it's like, like on our day, I don't know how many bands there are, but I only know 18 of them. (laughs) There's like a hundred. Jesus. So it's like, and when you, you know, when you go to a big show like that, who who are you looking forward to see nowadays? Stuff I never thought I'd get to see. Okay. Um, like there's some ba- like uh, I can't even remember to be. Oh, the Vapors is one. You know, turning Japanese, the Vapors. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, yeah. I mean, that's like I think that's their worst song, but that's the hit. But like they have a some great fucking like pop punk stuff mm. from the seventies, but. You know the vapors are playing. I'm like, damn, that's really cool. And um, big country. I don't know if you remember <laughs> that song. Yeah, they're they're playing. Like I never thought I'd get to see that. I, Maybe yeah. the special guest star night. There's a secret guest. Yeah, we're hoping. I don't have any data or proof, but uh, we're hoping it's Generation Sex, which is Generation X and the Sex Pistols together as oh, one band. So okay, Billy Idol sings, but all you know. So. We're hoping it's that just stuff like that, that doesn't come over to the U S just like, you know, the thing I go to every year, I go to punk rock bowling. I always have always Mm -hmm. will always. Mm -hmm. I think me and like a couple of other people might as well be mascots. I believe there's (laughs) been 23 and I've been to like 17, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I I go to all, I've seen them all. I was before there was bands and it was just bowling when there was Mm -hmm. only, like me first in the gimme guineas playing at the sam's town or something right like yeah. i've been to yeah. them drank the whole casino out of beer and i remember the first year they tried shows was like uh they put us all on airport shuttles took us to some random club and it was like dillinger four and uh the bouncing souls and strike anywhere that was the show mm. and they mm-hmm. bust us all there and bust us all back to sam's town like so i've been to a <laughs> yeah. lot of those and they just keep getting better and better and again you know, that's another thing I don't want people to bad mouth is punk rock bowling. Like, if you don't like the fucking band, don't listen to the band. Yeah. You can't yeah. say, like, this lineup sucks. It's like, what are you even talking about? Like, mm-hmm. then you don't know music very well. And I'm not saying every band is good. There's right. bands I'm like, I could care less about this band. I don't care. Like, I don't care about Leftover Crack. Never have, never will. Mm-hmm. It's cool. I know them. I've played right. shows with them. Mm-hmm. You give a fuck about your music. Yeah. You know, like, and that's cool. So I didn't mm-hmm. watch them. I went over and hung out with some people. Yeah. But then I've also seen shit I never thought. I got to see Devo. And mm-hmm. people are like, Devo. I'm like, if you've never seen Devo, then you don't understand. It is one of the best shows I have ever seen. And Dang. I think I've seen just about everything. <laughs> like, yeah. And I, I was blown away. I saw Iggy Pop. Mm. And that was the first time I realized like, and this is funny. I've been doing this so long and I've met so many actors and what it was the first time I felt what a real star 
Like when he mm. walked on stage, there was a feeling. When mm-hmm. I saw him slither out from the side of the stage, it was like mm-hmm. like an energy. And it's like, that's a fucking star. Like, <laughs> yeah, I get it. Like, I've been in the same room as Brad Pitt. I didn't feel okay. that. I was like, oh, he's little. Mm-hmm. Didn't care. Yeah. I was like, I don't give a, like, I love his movies. I love his acting, whatever. Uh-huh. So what? Brad Pitt's over there. I'm in some random spot in L.A. Biggie <laughs> Pop took the stage and I right. felt it. Like, I felt it in yeah. my body. I'm like, that's a star. That's what, what, what other bands also have that man. Cause you've been around enough. Like there's a few that have to stick out. Joan Jett. Mm. That's cool. Yeah. Mm-hmm. She's, she's a, a fucking legend. star, dude. She, mm-hmm. she is one of the few artists. There's very few that I feel can do this. <laughs> when she looks at the crowd, I'm pretty sure she's looking at me, but mm. I'm pretty sure everyone else thinks she's looking at them. The gotcha. same she way, has huh? a way of looking at you that makes you think she's looking at you. Mm-hmm. And That's I feel like, awesome. do you know what I mean? I'm like, I know mm-hmm. she's not, but because I've been on that stage, mm-hmm. but she's looking at me right now and I know it. And she's singing this to me. <laughs> to me. Do you know? <laughs> yeah. um, you I'll know tell you a band that, that yeah. did it for me that I didn't really just didn't know a ton of but steely dan uh to see fagan play and sing Mm -hmm. and then Mm -hmm. when you really just kind of go back you know you see a show and then you really want to go explore their music and to Mm -hmm. see him Mm -hmm. sit there on the piano we were at an outdoor amphitheater but it felt like we were like in a new york city lounge you know what i mean like he just Mm -hmm. had that vibe it was so badass yeah because sometimes i have to question is it my perception of the person or are they really right so like I said, I've seen Elton John, yeah, mm-hmm. and I was like, I've seen him two or three times, and I was like, I bet Elton John in the seventies and eighties was a fucking machine. Like yeah, yeah, like yeah. I bet he was Iggy Pop then. He's not. He's still great, and he's got. He's an entertainer for sure. Right. Mm-hmm. But he wasn't Iggy. Do you know what I mean? But mm-hmm. I was like, I bet if I could have seen this dude when he was floating, like when he would jump on the table yeah. or the piano, like, <laughs> yeah. like two other like, that would have been some shit. But uh, mm-hmm. let me oh go ahead. Two you other artists for me. Yeah. Uh, Garth Brooks. I mean, right. that, that, I'm telling you right <laughs> oh, now. No, I, no, I, no, I, I believe you, Ski. I, I got something hands. to say, but you go right ahead. I was ski. in a stagehands union, so I got to see a lot of shows I would probably never actually go see. Do yeah. you know what I mean? And I worked yeah. a Garth Brooks show, so yeah. I believe that. Yeah. Oh, yeah, Brooks he and Don, owns Garth it. Brooks, they, they, yeah. yeah, yeah, that whole, but yeah, he in particular, like, he just has, like, he has the crowd as soon as he comes out. Yeah. And uh, James Hetfield okay. does it for me every time. Oh, yeah. yeah Papa he Het, he's got, like, a, um, he's on another level, man. He's on a tier of his own. because he's, he's, like, yeah. he's, like, the they reigning are. godfather at this point. So, so Ski, when you talk about Garth Brooks, I was just talking to an amazing woman this past weekend, and I made a Big Country reference because I asked her, we were talking, I was like, you know the band Big Country that had the song Big Country with the album Big Country. (laughs) Country, We were also talking (laughs) – yeah, we we were also talking about uh, last weekend, maybe Garth Brooks, but I like to remember him as Chris Gaines. I don't know if you do, Ski, but he created a whole album – that was called Chris Gaines. I, did you like that album, Ski? Did you? Uh, no, not really. <laughs> did, that wasn't your favorite. <clears throat> not my favorite. Do we know why he did that? I'm just. I'm. I'm not knocking. No, him. I don't. I don't. I didn't follow the Chris Gaines story. <laughs> the show. 
I thought you were going to find so, out for me, but go ahead. So now. funny. Speaking of like country, right? Like just like, and you guys get it. You're one of the few people I can talk to of all the places I've lived that understand. So growing up in Marion, mm-hmm. I was 30 minutes from Tennessee, 20 minutes from West Virginia, 20 minutes from North Carolina. I was mm-hmm. in it. Like when they show people always like when they show those moonshine shows. Yeah. Yeah. That's, I know those people like this is (laughs) no, I had people. It's not like I went to high school in the fucking great depression, dude. I went to high school in the eighties and I had kids with no running water in their house. Yeah. Yeah, I believe it. This is real. Like this shit's real. I drank Mm -hmm. moonshine in ninth grade because that's all this kid's family made and drank. Do you know what I mean? Like, yes, these are those, they smoke weed. Not mm-hmm. because it's fucking hippie and you get high. That's what people did, man, because it's medicine. <laughs> yeah. All right, oh, yeah. cool. Well, let's fucking yeah. roll. Let's go. You know, like, <laughs> yeah. 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 So, it's a, it's a, oh, go ahead. No, no, no. No. So, why I'm getting to that is there's the Carter family. <laughs> okay. Everybody knows the Carter family. They yes. play all the fucking bluegrass. And yeah. I swear to God, there was like 900 Carters in my high school. And every one of them, every, they, they should do a genetic study on these people. Uh-huh. Every one of them could sing in perfect harmony and play anything you handed them. I don't give up <laughs> if they were two or 900. Here's a banjo. Cool. And then they'd all be like singing in perfect harmony. <laughs> An old Carter died and they lived in the Carter family fold, which is a valley. All okay. you people that don't speak country, a fold <laughs> is a valley. So we go because they're, they're backwoods as fuck and they party mm. when people die. That's what they do. Kind of like mm-hmm. New Orleans, but like, our style, Appalachian, barefoot, yeah. mud stomping. Yeah. I'm there at this massive, I mean, hundreds, if not maybe a thousand people at this party, all drunk. We're all drinking, having fun. All the Carters are playing bluegrass everywhere. And like speaking of stars, like there's voices that stand out where there's certain actors I've met where their voice is different than their movie voice or like I do voiceover work for CrossFit. So when I read, I put on a little bit different, you know, this is the methodology of CrossFit. It's just different. (laughs) So someone comes up behind me at this Carter family fold funeral and goes, excuse me, son, without turning around, without knowing anything. I said, that's fucking Johnny cash. I turn around Mm -hmm. and it's fucking Johnny cash because that voice is that voice. Yeah, well, June Carter. He was yes. yeah, yeah. to be at the Carter family uh-huh. and where not one Carter gives a shit oh. about him. I bet it made him so happy to yeah. be somewhere where they could care less if he was Johnny Cash or fucking Johnny Joseph <laughs> Boo Boo from down the street. Like, so he walks by me, uh-huh. and I'm just like, like Johnny Cash. And he goes, "How you fellas doing?" And I'm just like we're good thank you for it's not his party i don't i didn't even know what to say do you know what i mean i'm like 16 had a few beers and well thank you and all i said when he walked off i was like thank you johnny cash and he just turned and nodded and kept walking through the crowd all black of course all black but Mm -hmm. like just speaking to that stuff of like performers and stuff i never got to see johnny cash i never got to see him live Mm. a bunch of my friends did i Mm. never got to see him but like that voice when it hit yeah. from behind, I'm like, my brain instantly, it was like, that's Johnny Cash. And I turn and there he is. But you can't not yeah. know that voice. And that's his voice. Like, it, right. Just like, you know, excuse me. And I was just like, oh, shit. <laughs> you know? Yeah. yeah. But, uh, do you ever you get know to see Freddie Mercury? Movie? I'm not that 
fucking old man. I'm old, <laughs> Sorry, I didn't. <laughs> I saw no. I saw him on TV. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that Live Aid. I saw. Them yeah, yeah. I get old. You know why? Because another thing, I never. I don't get to talk about it much, but so I love, love, love hip hop. Like okay, rap. yeah. Mm-hmm. All my family except me is from New York City, mm. so Brooklyn and Manhattan. So growing up, I would always go there. And in the late 70s, early 80s, all of a sudden the breakers are coming out, the MCs, yeah. all that shit. Mm-hmm. And like I am old enough that I did see Beat Street in the theater. So I am kind of <laughs> old. I saw Beat Street in the theater. Yeah, yeah, yeah I did. Too. Um, and like, you know, like, but yeah, it's funny because I asked, funny enough, I asked the owner of Tang, Curtis, one time. I was at a, te- I got to see television, the band. Okay. They yeah. Regrouped yeah. for punk rock bowling again. Some mm-hmm. shit. I, that's when I love was like, I'm going to see something I never thought I'd get to see because someone with a lot more power and punk than me can get things happening like that. Like yeah. the Stern's calling her like, yeah. Hey, so I think television should play punk rock. Punk. Cool. Yeah. That's a great yeah. idea. Yeah. Just yeah the, when the Stern brothers hey, call. Iggy. Yeah. Hey Iggy. Yeah. Hey Iggy. You want to play? Oh, cool. We got, it. so yeah. I'm sitting there and I asked Curtis, I'm like, Oh, did you see television? You know, back mm-hmm. in the day. Cause I figured he's seen everything. And he's like, mm-hmm. How fucking old do you think I am, man? And I'm like, I don't know. You signed Gangrene. I mean, they're right. old as fuck. Do you know what I mean? I don't know. You fucking signed the Misfits in like 80, 79, or, you know, like, yeah. so you didn't yeah. see television. He goes, I ain't that fucking old. And I'm like, all right, cool. But yeah, he's like, you know, did you see, I ain't that fucking, yeah, I am that old. I just didn't happen to see that. I just didn't, right? Yeah. I just didn't see that. <laughs> yeah. yeah ski, ski what were you what were you what else were you gonna ask i thought you were about to ask if he wanted to hear any of your voices or not since he does voice work. no <laughs> i was gonna try and work them in man but when i get put I on know the you spot, are. it gets yeah, it's hard, hard. Right? so so this <laughs> yeah. is what ski does man he uh one every time we go to record an episode he gets on the mic like he's a radio dj from like the 80s you know and just puts yeah. on that voice but his, he will also call me randomly during the middle of the day, usually when he knows I'm busy. So he'll leave yeah. a voicemail and he doesn't know what voice he's going to use or what he's going to say. Just all of a sudden he leaves the most. And I want to post some of them because they're so good, dude. And then when I ask him to do it, he's like, nah, I can't. I can't do it on mm-hmm. command, man. But so one day he, he's going to be a voiceover. Uh, it's uh, awesome that I have. Okay, So I got to tell you a story. Mm-hmm. And I want to get your opinion because being officers. Mm-hmm. So I think I texted you about this, how I saved some Austin guys, right? You said you're so, going to tell me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And, and also, so I can get your perspective. Okay. Because yeah. as a, a citizen, mm-hmm. I didn't know how to handle this. So mm-hmm. I used to work at some bars on 6th Street in Austin. And uh, I was kind of a, <laughs> to use an HA term, when in doubt, knock them out. Like I didn't, <laughs> it was just. If you fucking talk shit, you get one warning. I am. Mm -hmm. I've always been kind of famous for that. Mm -hmm. Please do not talk to me anymore. Or I'm going to punch you in the fucking face or please go that way. Or I'm going to punch you in the face. Mm -hmm. If you take one step closer to me, I'm going to punch you in the face. Sure enough, all those things would happen and everyone would get punched in the face. So (laughs) one day I look Mm -hmm. across the street from my bar and I see a APD awesome police department, Mm -hmm. a guy, one officer fighting, I think he was a homeless man. I'm not mm. sure. But they're fighting. Mm. They're straight scrapping. Okay, gotcha. Yeah. Now to be to be candid, I was like, oh shit, I gotta mm-hmm. see this. Yeah. So I'm watching. Well, the officer's doing okay. The homeless guy's actually holding his own. And then he takes the officer down. And mm. I'm like, mm-hmm. well, that's not good for him. But 
He should have mm-hmm. fucking, he shouldn't have knuckled up. I don't know. He fucked up. Mm-hmm. At the moment that the homeless man reached for his sidearm, Ooh. Mm-hmm. I said, this is over. And here's why. Mm-hmm. Sorry, officer, you fucked up. You shouldn't have been knuckle boxing this guy. But I right. am not getting hit with a stray bullet when some dingling does figure out how a level three holster works. Like we're not <laughs> right. You yeah. know what I mean? We're not fucking yeah. playing this game. So uh-huh. I run across the street and I yell. Mm-hmm. I'm like, officer, I swear to God, I'm here to help you. What do you want me to do? Because I wasn't about to run up on a cop and get fucked. You know, whatever. Yeah, just, yeah, because yeah. So I go, I'm here to help you. What do you want me to do? He goes, get this motherfucker <laughs> off me. Yeah. It's yeah. done. I fucking knee the guy in the head as hard as I can. He's dropped like a sack of potatoes. I'm like squishing him on the ground. I'm like, yo, you all right? And he's like, oh, man. And I'm like, what do you want me to do? He's like, just hold that motherfucker there for a second. Like, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. yeah. Right. And then after that, I'm like, you know, whatever. Cuff him up. He cuffs him. He lays him against the wall. He goes, dude, thank you, man. I'm like, Mm -hmm. well, I got to be fair, bro. I was going to let you get your ass whooped. Mm -hmm. And he looked at me and I'm like, but he went for your sidearm. So I'm not having that. Mm-hmm. And he's like, so that's why you came over. I'm like, Hey, just be happy. I fucking came. Cause you were getting ass handed to you. So <laughs> yeah. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> yeah. So, exactly. Like more APD rolls up and he's like, yeah, this guy got this guy off me. And one of the dudes was like, I see you out here on sixth street. We kind of become friends. Mm-hmm. But when you like, when you see an officer in trouble, do you think it's smart to yell at him and say, I'm here right. to help you. I swear to fucking God. Yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. He was in a, he was about to get fucked up. Like he was yes. going to get curb stomped or something. Yeah. No, when you say that, cause you know how it is. You, you've been in fights, even it's chaos, man. Yeah. But you got to like for us, when we're in it, we also can't be in a fight necessarily. I can't mm-hmm. just unload, you know, uh, NWA style suplexes and, and, yeah. and just DDT somebody in the pavement, you know, like I have yeah. to be controlled. And so, and, and ski used to do a lot of the, the training aspects for uses of mm-hmm. force stuff or whatever with firearms. But when we're doing hands-on like that, if someone runs up and says, I'm here to help, or, I, you know, we'll have other officers that are off duty from another jurisdiction run over and say, Hey, you know, off duty, Austin PD. And then it identifies mm-hmm. them. You go, okay, cool. If we're in the middle of fighting like that, I mean, if you have to like drop kick somebody in the jaw and then be like, I'm here to help. If you got to yeah. do it first and then say it. But yeah, if you can yeah. identify yourself. Yeah, it was funny. As man. you're running that over, dude. man. Mm-hmm. So the second second mm-hmm. time I'm working okay. my bar again. Mm-hmm. Just chilling, working out in the street, doing my thing, yelling at people, telling them to come in the bar and drink. I hear a noise. The bar beside me. So my bar was ground level. There was a big staircase beside me to another bar. And it sounds like someone's rolling a fucking dumpster down the stairs. I don't know mm. what's going on. I'm like, whoa, that's loud. What the fuck are they doing over there? Like, mm. And I didn't really like the bar anyway, so I'm just like, mm-hmm. whatever. Next thing I know, like five, to, and it was a steep staircase. Drunks would always fall down it, so I'd always be laughing <laughs> at them. Ah. <laughs> yeah. Dude, like five dudes roll out, and one APD rolls out the door. Oh. And he doesn't look good. Mm-hmm. Like he's not 100%, I can tell. Yeah, and then when he's down, some dude just uppercuts him, up, like nails him, and it's this frat dude, I, like a frat dude from UT, right? From okay. University of Texas. Texas. Mm-hmm. Like wow, and it, I don't know, maybe because I've been in so much shit, like my brain works relatively fast. 
Mm-hmm. And while I'm watching yeah. him get hit, I'm like, yo, that is one brave, drunk frat boy. Like, you just mm-hmm. hit a cop. Like, you don't mm-hmm. do that. You, you can do a lot mm-hmm. of things. Don't punch him. But mm-hmm. then, like, my boy's out. Like, he's mm-hmm. pretty fucking dusted. And yeah. there's these five dudes. So I just start laying dudes out. They didn't even see me coming. I'm just like, come out, come yeah. out, come out. And like, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> and like, I get him and I prop him up against the wall because he was kind of hunched over. So I prop him against the wall and I'm like, mm-hmm. hey, man, are you okay? And he's just kind of like, oh, give me a second. I'm not okay. So I hit another dude just because I was like, hey, he's right there. Yeah, I'm not getting in it. So I just hit another guy, you know, and yeah. they kind of walk. They stumble down the sidewalk. And I'm like, well, it's not my job to fucking stop him. I don't give a shit. Like, that's, right. that's yeah, his yeah. job. But he's laying there. Yeah. These yeah. other officers come over while I'm like, yo, like I had a bottle of water out there. I hadn't even opened yet. So I give him some mm. water. I'm like, yo, you all right, man? I'm talking to him checking them out and first they come up on me a little hot but i get yeah. it yeah 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 yeah. and uh yeah. and they're kind of on my back and i'm like yo chill you know like get the fuck off me but then mm-hmm. when he said yo this guy just helped me out they're all like oh you know and and yeah. dude i people can say whatever they want there wasn't an apd dude that didn't stop by and say hi to me every single night <laughs> right because yeah. that was the yeah. second time like mm-hmm. that, and within a span of like a month or two that like another officer was yeah. getting lumped up over who even knows why he was i don't even know yeah. all i know is he came tumbling out that staircase mm-hmm. and i was like oh shit <laughs> and so after that they all loved me and every time they'd walk up they're like you want a bottle of water you want something and like yeah. one night it did help me out like uh i don't know i kind of choked a kid out mm-hmm. he hit the pavement hard ambulance had to come whatever the cop the the cops came over and they said why don't you go to the back door and work for a little bit i'm like got you go mm-hmm. to the back door but then when the kid woke up he was so like drunk he mm-hmm. said he hit his head on a table mm-hmm. coming out <laughs> he's like i must have hit my head on a table walking out and they're like cool and then they come around <laughs> to the back door they're like well he's so fucked up they thought he thought he hit his head on the table i'm like he did they're like that's what we thought <laughs> walk I down mean, the street you know what i mean like yeah, see yeah, it yeah. but like man i remember you know, those two guys and being such good friends that one officer, he would text me for like, I left Austin in like three years for three years. He would text me, how you doing? What's going on? Where are you oh, at? And I'm like, yeah. Oh, I'm in Vegas, you know? And I'm like, how are you doing? Cause he actually, he said, you know, he used to listen to punk and stuff and you know, it's cool. Like mm-hmm. I'm kind of that ilk, like you, you listen to it, but you weren't a punk. Like it's cool. Right. Yeah, to yeah. You, but I don't think you're me. Like there's a difference between yeah. you and, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, and it doesn't matter who you are or what you are. I hate when people are like, oh, I used to listen to Dick Kenny. Like, yeah, okay, cool. You used to. Awesome. I still do. Yeah. And, you know, like, yeah. so. Yeah. Um, yeah. But, uh, yeah, man, it, it was just so funny, like, the situations you can find yourself in or, like, yeah. all the times I've been, like, shot at or whatever. Uh-huh. And then, like, you know, people are like, man, I, I wish the cops would just mind their own business. I'm like, you know what? After I was shot at a few times, I was kind of happy when they showed up because – I had already been shot at, but I'm not getting shot at again tonight. Maybe tomorrow night I'll get shot at. Not again yeah. tonight. What was that? Good. What happened there? What happened with the sh- getting um, shot at? If you can talk about it, if you well, can, I get it. You know, I mean, I mean, a few times it was just bullshit, dumb shit. Mm-hmm. People would pop off shots. But then, like, I find myself in these jobs that I'm good at, but I really, for, like, my kind of mentality and temperament, I should not work. Like, there's no reason for me to be a bouncer a doorman, a bodyguard. <laughs> I just like, I'm 
really good at it and I can spot a fake from a mile away. So I'm good at my job, but I also mm -hmm. am the guy that says, if you do it again, I'm going to fucking punch you. Cool. Right. Run. And then they do it again. <laughs> and, so then they get <laughs> and then they get forward. So I was working for this security company mm -hmm. and we were doing like, we were doing a lot of shit I didn't like. Like we were doing, uh, we were serving papers, but like, mm. I don't think, and maybe if, funny enough for never being in the military or nothing, I just have the mentality. I understand how, like, like stacking up on a door. Right. Right. Mm -hmm. I have enough smarts for some reason to know, A, I don't want to be in front of a window because mm -hmm. you're going to get pop stacking. I don't want to be first in the line. I don't really want to be set. I know what's about to happen. So you mm -hmm. know what I mean? Like I might not know really, I didn't get training in it, but I also am smart enough to know what's about to happen. That shit. I don't want to be serving those papers and I don't know what's yeah. on the other side of that door. So mm -hmm. I'm of the mentality, like I'm shooting everything in my path. I don't give a fuck because <laughs> right. this right. isn't my world and I don't like it. And I don't want to be here. You made me come and yeah. the money's not worth it to me. Right. Yeah. But we were working a very gang related club outside of Austin, Texas. And uh, I was the like lead security guard there. So you put a six, seven fucking white dude in a Mexican gangster bar. Like, I'm just going to, that's mm -hmm. what it was. It was MAs, fucking Zetas. They're oh. all in there. And I'm yeah. like, yeah. Who do you think stands out in this motherfucker? Like, <laughs> me. So who are they coming after? Me. Yeah. And, uh, so the night I got shot at, the big fight broke out, like a big fight. And I see uh -huh. a guy get straight hit in the head with a fifth of Tito's. And I'm Ooh. like, oh, shit. So I drag the guy out the door. Like, I literally drag him out. He's bleeding. I set him against the wall. First thing I look at, his hand, big M.A. tattoo. Oh, uh, like, shit. Uh -huh. But I saved him. You know, I think, mm -hmm. okay, I'm okay. I saved him. Well, we're good. And I'm helping him out. And I'm like, yo, you got fucking hit in the head with a fifth, dude. Like, holy <laughs> shit. These two dudes roll out. And they're like, yo, what are you doing to our boy? Like, yo man chill like i drug him the fuck out here you didn't like, <laughs> yeah cool. yeah you left you know yeah, yeah and so they're like nah fuck that fuck that and i'm like yo back up i saved your boy you need to chill the fuck out mm -hmm. and he goes says something and i'm like go ahead and say another word and i'm gonna knock you the fuck out go ahead open your big fucking mouth sure yeah. enough he did and i knocked him the fuck out because i had uh -oh. gloves that were loaded in the knuckles <laughs> so he got knocked the fuck out like i'm no dumb yeah. I know yeah, exactly yeah, who yeah. I'm dealing with. And yeah. then I pull pepper spray out, and I'm like, and if you want to say something, I'm going to spray you in your fucking mouth. Like, not even <laughs> fuck around. I had the foam with the, the UV dye oh, so the officers God. could find it. Like, yeah. go ahead, fuck around, find out, right? <laughs> so this guy's laid out. This uh -huh. dude I just saved is kind of like, man, that's fucked up. You hit my boy. I'm like, well, I can toss your ass right back the fuck inside if you'd like. You know what I mean? Like, I don't yeah. give a shit. Sure uh -huh. enough, they all stumble off to their car. And when they get in their car, they pull by like swing by the door I'm at uh -huh. and I see the fucking flat. Like I see the, ba I could tell I was like, Ooh, that's a gun. So I yeah. duck kind of behind and then like pop, 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 pop as they <laughs> tear ass out the fucking parking lot. And then of course all the officers come from APD and surrounding uh -huh. areas. But yeah, dude, it's just a terrible, that shit happened all the fucking time. The first, And like, I have no idea what it's like to be a police officer, but mm -hmm. because of my experience, I know how motherfuckers get shot. Yeah. So I'm in the parking lot and this mm -hmm. kid's walking away with his hand under his shirt. Uh-huh. And I'm like, yo, man, just chill mm -hmm. and turn around. Cause I I was told he stole money from the bar. 
Oh. Now, I'm not really going to really give a fuck because I don't like this bar and I don't like this job. But at yeah. the same time, I'm going to at least do my job a little bit. So I'm going right. to be able to turn around. Well, he turns around, rips up his shirt and rips his hand out of his pants. Yeah. And I've already drawn on him. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, and it was a fucking bottle of beer. Oh. Now, mm-hmm. I was drawn and I had mm-hmm. it pointed at the ground. But I'm like, see, this is why you motherfuckers are always getting shot. And I didn't mean yeah. motherfuckers as in Mexican. I'm like, young right, dumbass just... motherfuckers are getting shot. I holster yeah. up and I'm like, chug the beer. And mm-hmm. then he looks at me and I'm like, oh, you want to steal it? Chug that motherfucker. And yeah. he's like, no. And I'm like, I'll pull this gun out again and shoot you in the fucking knee. Chug that beer. So sure enough, he chugs it. And then I'm yeah. like, get the fuck out of here, you little punk. Yeah. But like, dude, yeah. shit like that, I'm like. Mm-hmm. There's no way I could do this on a daily basis. Like when people talk about, like you guys use the word routine traffic stop. Right. Yeah, we, we don't, but I know what you mean. Yeah. 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 There is yeah. nothing routine yes. uh-uh. and say, <laughs> no, I just, my situations I've been in, I can't imagine walking up on a car. Yeah. I can't it, imagine walking on any car and thinking this is going to be okay for me. I know the people inside are scared shitless. Mm hmm. But mm-hmm. I don't know what's in that car. Like yeah. stacking up on that door to knock on it to serve some papers. This guy's yeah. got drug charges. This guy has mm-hmm. violent this and that. And you want me to knock on his door? You want me? Yeah. No. APD. Right. I'm about to knock on this. Door, but this dude's like a violent offender. I would like right. if you'd come with me and I'll give you some fucking money. I don't care. It's $5,000. <laughs> right, right. They get there and mm-hmm. I'm behind two officers. I'm like, you know, I just want you to know, I know what I'm doing, but I don't like this one fucking bit. Right. And then the guy behind me, who's a dumbass, like security mm-hmm. guard, is in mm-hmm. front of the window. What I was talking about, and like, <laughs> hey, dipshit, duck or get from in front of the window. And I'm like, see, these are the, this is what I got to deal with. I don't know how you guys do this. You know what I mean? Right. Or like yeah. my friends that are SEALs mm-hmm. that would have to do joint operation. Mm-hmm. I mean, they train 25 hours a day, 22 days a week to yeah. stack on doors and breach shit, right? Mm-hmm. And now all of a sudden you got dingling Joe over here who's just like, well, turn left or right. It's like, get the fuck out of here. <laughs> and I'm going to handle this on my own. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, just go away. Let the SEALs do the SEAL shit. And you yeah. fucking come in and then clean up my mess. Like, <laughs> I, I've knocked on a million doors in uniform. I helped out uh, around Thanksgiving a couple of years ago, handing out turkeys in less fortunate neighborhoods. And I found myself with like severe PTSD. I couldn't knock on a door to give him a turkey. Like <laughs> yeah. it was, it was terrible. Or you stood it was, beside it and oh, it, it was so <laughs> awkward. My knock was That's hard, a ghetto. and I'm That's like, a ghetto knock, man. Yeah, my <laughs> knock was hard, and I was like, oh, I'm supposed to be not like I'm here to hand out a turkey, not like serve a warrant, or you know what I mean. You're and, over the uh, last bigger turkeys. I, I literally, turkeys. Yeah, I literally couldn't do it. I was like, hey, we got like 10 more turkeys in the truck. I- I'm good. I can't I can't go up there and knock on a door. Just leave and... them out there on the side. Yeah. <laughs> it was terrible. It's like, and I feel bad, like, because people, you know, it's it's real easy. And I don't want to say millennials because I, I don't even give a fuck. It's real easy for people to talk shit who have never been in this situation. Mm-hmm. And I have not been in all the situations, but I have been in enough that I understand. I'm just throwing it out there. (laughs) Yeah. I've been in some shit. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, And like, and I wasn't even, and and to be honest, I wasn't a police officer. I was a fucking level four bodyguard. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like at least 
a little bit, you're going to be scrutinized, but you do have some protection. I'm just the dude. You know what happens to me? My gun gets taken away. I probably go to jail for the night for shooting a mm-hmm. motherfucker. Like, yeah. not that you guys don't get, but and it's yeah. like, why the fuck am I doing this? And these guys do this shit every day. Like the most, the best, their favorite job for APD was working Sixth Street. I mean, they hated it, but they loved it. A mm-hmm. bunch of drunk fucking frat kids wasted out of their mind throwing up on the sidewalk. We got this. You could me out where I was. Literally, tangers. Yeah. You couldn't pay me to do that. I, I literally, if you paid me double to go work the, the, the bar scene and all that, yeah. nah, I'd much rather deal with well, gang members. You understand, and Austin, dealers. like, Sixth Street is very different than many other places in the country. Like, right. Mm, okay. You have to have more bars per square foot. So my particular intersection on Sixth Street, uh, APD would group up on one side, and on the other side would be fire and EMTs on the mm. other side of the intersection. So I was surrounded two blocks over same thing on the roof of my bar snipers mm. on the roof of the bar diagonal snipers, especially mm. during like when the biker rallies were in town and shit like that, mm-hmm. like they were everywhere. And people were like, oh, it's going to be dangerous tonight. I'm like, I don't fucking think so because there's a sniper there. There's a sniper, <laughs> right, there, right. There's a sniper there. And they'd be like, there yeah. is? I'm like, well, you don't fucking see him. But yeah, they're up there. They just went through my bar to get up there. Like, yeah. I'm not worried about shit. But like yeah. for them, like they did work work. But then that was just a moment for them to just enjoy the scene. Mm-hmm. It gave them a few hours, like three hours where they block. Because Sixth Street gets blocked off. There is no okay. nothing but foot traffic completely mm-hmm. blocked off no cars mm-hmm. and they would just watch the beautiful little ut girls walk up and down the street take <laughs> pictures with them do you know what i mean for them it was yeah. just i bet it was a break from the right. monotony of the week because it only happened on either a third uh, a friday or saturday sometimes mm-hmm. a thursday if it were a holiday so i bet for those like two or three hours man they were just like man she's hot yeah. i mean let's be honest they, they're like she wants to take a picture let's take a picture cover my badge number picture you know what i mean like (laughs) so i bet for that little bit it was just fun for them and it was like fucking 30 of them it's not like it was like two officers it was like 30 a pack yeah just saturation riding there or the ones i didn't like i will be honest the one i don't like the ones mounted i don't like those Mm -hmm. horseback motherfuckers man they those horses are assholes and like they shit everywhere and they you know (laughs) a horse is very strong yeah, they just kind of. I watched what around. it did to yeah. cra- when I watched crowd control with those on yeah. nights that it got yeah. a little out of control, mm-hmm. and like they would do the V, like mm-hmm. the horses walk in a V, and like V here, staggered V, so they would it would you know like geese, right? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> fucking hundreds of people were moved by those horses, yeah. but <laughs> also that meant hundreds of people pushed into me, right? And I remember telling him on his, I was like, "Yo, man." Yeah, fuck on, like go over there with your horse, and he'd be like, <laughs> you know, we talk shit these about. I'm like, yeah, yeah, stupid ass horse pushing his shit all over me. <laughs> but yeah, the mounted ones are always dicks. I swear they think they're like pompous because they're on a horse. And yeah, like, well, you, got, you know, the ones on the bikes at least they dork around and fuck with yeah. other people on motorcycles. Yeah. But the horse ones, I'm always like, fucking yeah. equestrian. Like this guy, <laughs> the Olympics, dressage <laughs> with his horse. Like, get out of here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I I would get very bored. But Ski, I think, was with me. We got in a foot pursuit with, like, these three uh, 
like G-Shine or maybe Nine Trey Bloods. But either way, there are three Bloods. And the dude is running down the street, and it looks like his right leg won't bend. Well, it can't bend because he's got a rifle jammed down his pants leg. Mm -hmm. So as he's running, he's like kind of hobbling, which allows us to actually catch him. But as we're running up to him, you know, we're calling the streets out as we're, as we're getting closer mm -hmm. to him. And two of the mounted units were coming from the downtown area. So they basically come running up on these horses, which we'd never had that happen before. And so we get the guy on the ground. We're trying to pull the rifle out of his pants after we cuff him and all that. And these horses are all around. And the horses are causing more of a, of a problem because everybody's freaking out. And I'm worried that I'm going to get like stomped on. Because I didn't yeah. grow up around horses. And I'm like, yeah. you're like, like – Control the horse, man. I'm trying to get this this dude's rifle out of the pants, and he's got a scope on it, which is caught in his uh, junk. So, like, as I'm yanking on it, it keeps pulling his junk. <laughs> anyway, yeah, I don't dig so horses good. too much, man. I don't, I don't need them on a foot pursuit checking. Can't, can't trust them, man. Can't trust them. No, no. Well, look, man. But, but before we wrap up, and and I'm gonna say this: if you're cool with it, we want to bring you back on at some point. And oh, tell about yeah. 800 more stories, man. Yeah, there you hadn't even scratched the surface, band. man. We haven't even gotten to Philly punk band. Let's real. just know, let's just right preface now. it with like round two. And we can do it very soon, too. We don't have to do it. Yeah, like, man. We don't have yeah. to wait. Yeah. We'll just stack yeah. them. That's what I was going to say. So, hey, have you got – we always like to end the show uh, with mm -hmm. a reference or, or a band or some bands that you, you would push on people, kind of like the Mohawk did. Dude gave you the, <laughs> yeah, the tape, yeah. like – what would you tell people like, hey, check out this band or that band type of thing? Man, there is so much good shit coming out right now. Stuff coming out right now. <laughs> yeah. I have a seven-year-old upstairs. Uh, <laughs> like a lot of stuff from Vancouver right now. What? So okay. uh, let me think of a, a Chain Whip. Oh, man. Okay. This band is so good. The hardcore band mm -hmm. from Vancouver is Chain Whip. Um, Homefront is okay. out of Canada also funny enough mm -hmm. uh home front they're like this awesome kind of new wave meets punk meets almost a touch of goth something like that but god they're so good um gel i don't know if you've heard about gel mm -hmm. female fronted hardcore band mm -hmm. i just got okay. to see them here in philly um there's an la hardcore band called scowl female fronted really really good um as far as philly there's some really good bands coming out right now. Uh, Scout, uh, oh, I just said Scout. Uh, the Slads, S L A D S. Slads are really good. I don't know what the hell that name means, but <laughs> Slads. Um, <laughs> okay. Yeah, and and a lot of that British stuff, that kind of new new wave of British hardcore, but the second, almost like the second wave already of like uh, Chubby and the Gang and the Chisel all that stuff. The chisel's been blowing up right now. I've seen them okay. two or three times. Um, the chisel kind of skinhead music, but not oi, just very hardcore, straightforward. Mm -hmm. I really love that. Uh, out of Seattle, the drowns. Oh, yes. Yeah. We yes. played some good shows with the drowns. Um, mm -hmm. I brought them out last year when I turned 50, my original, my dream show that I was supposed to have was going to be Lars Fredrickson doing solo. And the lower mm -hmm. class brats. Mm, my old yes. Mate. Okay. And that was going to be my 50th birthday party. Well, uh, then when I was trying to book Lars, Stormy, his booking agent, was kind of like, uh, he's kind of doing a tour in a couple of months solo. So maybe not that. And I'm like, a couple of months, man, this is a one off birthday gig. Okay, fine. He's Lars. I'll 
And then the brats, the drummer didn't want to do it. Right. Mm. And I'm like, you know, I was in the brats. I was in the brats (laughs) for eight years. You tell your fucking drummer, he can go fuck right off. This is my fucking birthday. So I call, I call Ron Martinez who, who books the brats and is the bass player now that took my spot. And he's booked some of my bands. He's a great dude. I'm like, Ron, you're fucking up my birthday. This is my birthday party. I want a show. Uh-huh. And so I'm, I'm like, who can I get off your roster? He goes, well, look at my roster. So, of course, a lot of people don't know. He books Cox Bar, right? Okay. So jokingly, yeah. I'm like, well, if you guys aren't doing it, I want Cox Bar then. And he's like, go fuck yourself. Like, you can't have <laughs> Cox Bar. I'm like, okay. So I named, like, two bands. I'm like, I want the Drowns, and I want somebody else. I don't even remember who I said. And he goes, the Drowns, 100% right now. I can get them for you. And I'm like, all right, send them. So I had already, like, set aside money for my birthday. I flew the band out. Like, I I paid for the Drowns to come here. Because I was like, this is my birthday. This is what I want. Like, I want my show. Mm -hmm. And then, of course, I threw English Teeth on there because it's my fucking show. So (laughs) um, it ended up being the Drowns and and English Teeth and a couple of other bands. But we did a couple of days. And they they went out... uh, and did more dates but dude they're such good dudes and they're so good i'm glad mm-hmm. to see like they just got sponsored by marshall they're doing a bunch of european dates they're actually playing rebellion the same day we are oh man i love the drowns dude i was just um, wearing i was just wearing a drowns mm-hmm. shirt less than a week ago i think <laughs> yeah. and i was teaching um some citizens like gang awareness that's all they just like a little one hour mm-hmm. presentation but i always mm-hmm. teach now like in my regular street clothes so yeah. I walk in there with, I think, like an Agrilites hat and a, and a Drowns T-shirt. I start talking like five minutes into it. This lady on the front row just goes, who are the Drowns? And, and she's about 70-ish years old. And I'm like, oh, uh, I says, it's a punk rock band from Seattle. And she's like, oh, I thought it was a gang. Yes. I was like, I'm going to put you on some Drowns, though. No, no, no. <laughs> so awful. Ski, Ski, what do you got? You don't have any music references, do you? I always have music references. Hit me with something good, man. What you got? Hit him with something good. Let me see. I've been um I've been back on Dillinger Escape Plan, and I think I've talked about them before. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But I like it. it. That's another band that is uh, a complete mind fuck when you see them live, and it sounds like everybody's playing something different, but it's actually like so complicated. Um. Mm -hmm. I just I just love everything they touch. Okay. So, Here you Dillinger go. Escape I, got, I got a couple of records I'll show you, and that'll end that'll end that. So okay. this band, you heard about these guys? Fake, fake names. Uh Dave. Dave sent me uh one of their songs and was like, check this out. Yeah, it's like Bouncing Souls or Brian yes. Baker. Yeah. Uh, now, if you want to hear the best stuff coming out of Philly, Poison Ruin. Okay. Poison Ruin mm-hmm. is mm-hmm. fucking. They are so good, and they never play Philly, which is kind of awesome because they're so good, <laughs> yeah, and they never yeah. play Philly. And yeah. then this band GT, uh, just G okay. GT. Uh-huh. They're they're more. Uh, I wouldn't even put them in garage rock, but just mm-hmm. kind of high pitch. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I just really like it. There's a, it's got its own little rock and roll style, but yeah, yeah. There's just so it's hard, man, because. Everyone said, oh, Trump is going to make punk rock great again. 
but it was like because of the pandemic and shit it's like it took yeah. trump and the pandemic and now it's like yeah. i feel like i buy a thousand dollars of records a week i just i'm like God, yeah. that's another yeah. band that's another band that's another band yeah. like yeah i got oh, a, I got a, yeah hey no. round round two we're gonna get into all that because we didn't really talk about you playing shows and all that yeah. so yeah. oh man yeah oh it's yeah. gonna get good like this no, is gonna, it's gonna to be so like good. a four yeah. part series because yeah. so what, what we, we may have to do like a youtube video man since uh he's yeah. popping up record record um yeah 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 covers and well, that was for you guys but yeah for yeah sure. no but i'm saying like we will eventually we're going to do some youtube stuff and maybe oh, show yeah. our faces i don't know well next time i won't uh next time i won't pop up records but i'll just talk no, oh, no, no, no i appreciate no. that That's what I'm story, sure. oh, we can yeah. we can put this out as a video we just don't yeah i don't i don't like showing my face uh but I will say, put the blur on. Yeah, yeah. Block my face. Uh, Orphan Riot is my pick, man. Orphan okay. Riot are some young cats out of the South. Uh, Burlington, North Carolina, I think. Like, So they're okay. in like a, like a, like wow. a more rural area. But yeah. they've got some videos out there. And um, when you mentioned Green Day, like, and they're young. I mean, I think they're like 17 or 18. But they love the old punk sound. So mm. when you when you hear them play, man, it's, and it's not like uh, it's not disrespectful or anything. It's like they're no, I got you. they love it. Same. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I dig them, man. I, I want people to check out more Orphan Rot, and I'd love to see some young cats take off like I wonder that. If that's who I play. I just played Forty Fest in Atlanta, and I played with some young kids that sounded like they were out of like you, late nineties, early two thousands. Was that it? I was like, mm -hmm. it was uh Billy Bat, yeah, no, Billy Bats and yeah. the Made Men, yeah probably yeah yeah uh -huh. i was like wow they sound like they're from like 93 or 4 or something yeah. but they're young and high school a dude, kids a, a dude that's like uh works gang intel in the prison system he's like a corrections mm -hmm. officer he we were at a conference he presented i presented and he put me on them and and i because i always introduce myself and talk about my punk yeah, background yeah. yeah and he's and he's like oh my god you got to hear B billy uh was it billy bats and the made men and anyway men, yeah yeah he put me on it well look dude i'm glad you All came right. on it was Heck great. Yeah, uh, it, was, it was fun. We're going to do another episode. Ski, Johnny, I appreciate it, man. Disruptors Absolutely, guys. Thank you so yeah. much. Yes, sir. All right, buddy. All right.